Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you understand why you act the way you do. I'll also be interviewing author Judy Miller, who reviews her book, Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. Judy relates the extraordinary path she took to discover the root of her unexplainable fears and terrors. It's an amazing journey that Judy was guided to take that brought the exact right people together in the exact right order to right a wrong committed decades ago before her birth. For more information about Judy, please visit judymiller.net. You may also purchase her book at your favorite digital bookstore or in the previous guest products in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Why you act the way you do. Have you ever done something and upon reflection you think, oh my gosh, why in the world did I do that? That seems so out of character. Or you have a habit that you're trying to break or even an addiction you're trying to break, but unfortunately you engage in that behavior over and over again. What we often don't realize is that the action is simply a manifestation of something that's happened earlier in that day or earlier in that week, but it was implanted in our thoughts or in our psyche at an earlier time. For example, Have you ever ordered pizza? And I know how silly this example sounds, but have you ever ordered pizza and you think, I don't want pizza at all, and you're really trying to work on your diet, but perhaps four days earlier, you happen to be watching TV and this commercial came on and it was from your favorite pizzeria. You see that commercial and you think, oh my gosh, I would love to have that, but no, I'm not going to eat that. And then a few days later, you talk to one of your friends who told you about a party that they went to and that there was pizza there. And then a few days later, you find yourself ordering that pizza. I know that's a silly example, but what I want us to understand is the action is a manifestation of thoughts that have been planted in our head. Because remember, in psychology, we teach that whatever you perceive to be true, in other words, what you think about, creates your emotions. Your emotions then tell your body what to do. So often when we do engage in behaviors that we just don't understand why we did it, it's likely that you have thought about that at an earlier time in your life. It's always important to rewind and to work backwards on each step to figure out where was the entry point of that thought. So if we return to the example about the pizza, to work your way backwards of what was I feeling when I ordered the pizza, where did that thought even come from? And when you can work your way backwards, you'll realize that it was implanted in your mind when you watch TV. The reason why I bring this up is it's so important because we often engage in behaviors, but we don't realize that there is a stream of consciousness that happens before we actually engage in that behavior. And the more awareness you have of that and able to catch that thought that's implanted in your mind, the more you can easily refute it. Because remember, it's easier to pluck out a small little bush than to pull out a tree. So when you can be aware of these thoughts that you know are not really part of who you are, 
and refute them and tell them, no, that's not who I am or what I'm about, that's much easier than having to perhaps forgive yourself after you've engaged in a behavior that is not healthy for you. If you're struggling with something and you're trying to overcome it, really reflect how do these external thoughts influence you? Because remember, the more they subtly influence you, the more likely it is that you will re-engage in that behavior you don't want to engage in. The more awareness you have of this, the more you can work the chain of thoughts farther back than just a week ago. And you can see how these thoughts have created these actions and these actions have then created a pattern and that pattern creates a habit and that habit creates a lifestyle of how you're struggling. So if you're able to go back even further, let's say when you were a child or even when you were younger and think what happened or what was that initial thought that influenced me to say, let me try this or let me do this. Because once you can find that foundational thought, that's when the real work can happen. That's when you can recognize that that thought influenced you to change a path in your life to become something or someone that you were never destined to be. So today, if you find that you do something that just doesn't seem like it's who you want to be or just seems out of your nature, then perhaps you've been influenced by something to re-engage in a behavior that's not healthy for you. So the more you work your way back with the chain of thoughts, you'll find where you were influenced, how you were influenced, and you'll be more aware in the future of when that may happen again. I have a fantastic guest today, Judy Miller. Her book, Perfect, really explains how she was influenced to have this uncontrollable terror. But the interesting point is this influenced her before her birth. So stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. Have you ever experienced terror and unexplainable fears? Well, my guest today, author Judy Miller, knows exactly how that feels. In her new book, Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness and Transformation, it recounts Judy's transformational journey where she was guided to the exact right people in the exact right order to right a wrong committed decades ago, before her birth, but which left its shadow on her soul. Welcome to my show, Judy. It's great to be here, James. Thank you. Well, first off, you are, must be phenomenal what you do because your last name is Miller. No relation to me, but you never know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's funny. I've met so many Millers and I'm like, we have to be related somehow because you're amazing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But so when I was just even reading this, the, your, your intro there, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much intrigue here. So I can't wait to hear your story and all the transformation that you've experienced. Now, before you became an author, what was it that you did in life? It's interesting. I, I started my career as a CPA, so I worked in finance in the healthcare industry for over 20 years. So that's oh, what wow. I did before. Oh, neat. Okay. And then with that, it sounds like you did have a lot of unexplainable fears and terrors that just, you had no idea what was going on. I did. I didn't know where they came from. And they started from very early childhood and continued through, through most of my life. 
until recently. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that I've, uh, I don't know if you know my backstory, but as, as a, as a psychotherapist, I've worked with so many individuals and many people have said that I have no idea where this is coming from. And so my job, if you will, and working with them to help them understand where's a correlation. And often it's, it's correlated with early childhood. And for some people, even before they're really able to communicate. And so I'm really looking forward to hearing about your story, specifically how it all came about where you had this epiphany. I know you had a really powerful experience. And with that, that started your particular journey. So let's, let's actually transition into that. What happened for you where you experienced all these tears and then one day an event happened? Why don't you tell us more about that? Sure, sure. So as, as a child, like many people, like many of your listeners, uh-huh. um, I had fears as a child. One of them was the fear of drowning, but I had a terror of the darkness and the terror of the night. Interesting. And, and you might know what that feeling feels like. So, for example, um, if somebody jumps out in front of you, your heart starts to race and, and your senses are on full alert. And I think for many people, those, those sensations and that terror last a few seconds. But for some people, they could last much longer. For mm-hmm. me, it could last for hours. Wow. So as That's a child, a yeah, it's a very long time. So as a child, I could actually sense and feel different energies and spirits all around me, mostly at night. And I didn't know if they were there to help me or to harm me. Mm-hmm. So every night I would literally crawl into bed, pull the covers over my head, and I would recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again until eventually exhausted, I would fall asleep. Now, James, this was my ritual night after night, oh my and, it con- and it continued well into my 20s. So I started my career as a CPA, certified public accountant, and there I was going to work during the day and then at night, crawling into bed, pulling the covers over my head, terrified of what I could not explain. And then I got married and I had kids and I commuted about three hours a day for work or oh 40 gosh. to 50 hours. And in that exhaustion, everything stopped. Mm, it would make sense. You know, it's interesting you, you, and I'm totally going to stereotype here, Judy, cause it's probably not the case, but the fact that you went from this fear and chaos at night for, as a, as a child, and you continually felt that until your twenties. And then all of a sudden your job as a CPA, you create order. There's numbers, there are rules, there's structure. And I can see how from a mental health standpoint that you would be drawn to something like that because you could control that. There's, it's very black and white. You, there's no manipulation of numbers. It's just simply, it is what it is. And that would help you say, okay, this is something where I don't have to think too much about it when it comes to my emotions. It just is what it is. So it's, it's an interesting correlation of how you became a CPA. Once again, I'm totally stereotyping here. But as someone who looks at someone's past, I do find it interesting that you chose that career. Definitely makes sense. And, um, you know, my, my kids grew up and they went off to college and uh, the house became silent. Mm, and oh in gosh. the silence, all of that terror came back. Yeah. So I could feel the subtle energies, sense spirits, hear voices. It, it, it almost felt like somebody was standing beside me or if somebody was looking at me from across the room and I would literally tiptoe around my house, afraid of someone oh, wow. or something jumping out in front of me. Um, so. Around the same time, I started to actually bleed uncontrollably month after month oh, and really? um, went to see my doctor and she recommended that I have a hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, you know, I had worked in the healthcare industry for over 20 years and, and modern medicine I trusted implicitly. But that fear I had about the hysterectomy felt like the same fear that I had as a child and the same fear that returned to me as an adult. Wow. So a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, mm. but Barbara is actually Barbara was a NASA physicist, and she oh, could actually she could actually heal people with her hands. 
So days before my surgery, I found myself just trying to preoccupy my mind, Googling healers near me. Mm -hmm. And, and as I sat across from my healer days before the surgery, I literally heard the click of a lock, like everything was clicking into place. Um, at the time, I did not know the role that my healer would actually play in my, in my family history. Oh, so, wow. The intrigue so, builds. <laughs> yeah, the intrigue builds, absolutely. I love it. I worked with my healer, um, uh, and I healed after my hysterectomy. But then in the following months, we started to explore this this unexplainable terror that I felt mm -hmm. each night. And we started to look at childhood experiences. Was there anything Good. from my childhood that had triggered it, but nothing came to light? So we then started to explore past lives. Was there anything from the past life that might have carried forward into this lifetime? And she introduced me to some amazing work by Dr. Brian Wise, Dr. Michael Newton, Dolores Cannon. But we also started talking about DNA, things that we inherit from our parents. So mm -hmm. through our DNA, we inherit uh, the color of our hair, the color mm -hmm. of our eyes, the shape of our nose, and other physical characteristics. But the science of epigenetics tells us that we could actually inherit the pain and the trauma yes. that our parents experienced. And I was wondering if you're going to talk about epigenetics because I just my little backstory as well. Before I went in, before I went into psychology, I was going to be, be a geneticist and I was going to cure cancer. And so I'm very, very much familiar with DNA and, and how all of that kind of plays out. So this is this is a fascinating twist for me. All of a sudden, I wasn't expecting this. So let's let's talk more about that. What were the specific <laughs> things that you did inherit? Well, it was, it's interesting because you talk about epigenetics, but it's interesting because they showed that Holocaust survivors, their children and their children's oh, children can actually have the same terror that their parents experienced. There was a, a study that was done not too long ago with, uh, with mice. They would expose mice to the scent of cherry blossoms and then they would gently zap the mice. And of course, James, after a while, the mice started to fear the smell of cherry blossoms, of even though there was no zapping involved. It's a conditioned so, response, yes. Exactly. But what was amazing is that the, the mice's children and their children were also triggered by the scent mm. of cherry blossoms, even though they weren't exposed to the zapping. Wow. Because I know from epigenetics, as far as, so for those who, who don't know what epigenetics is, is essentially there is an unlocking of a certain type of gene as, as either can be from a situational experience you have or just from a genetic standpoint that as you get older, all of a sudden that changes. Often we'll find epigenetics can play itself, play a role when it comes to puberty. But other areas, the older you get and other experiences you have can unlock genes that either you have a precondition for or excuse me, predisposition for or situations do happen or life happens and all of a sudden something does come into play. So yours happened, it sounds like as, as a child, you already had that epigenetic aspect that had already unlocked it and it would make perfect sense that you would have no idea from where this came. Exactly. So it wasn't actually my fear and terror. It actually came from somebody before me. Um, so I, I don't want to give away the whole story. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, of uh, <laughs> but uh, that, the story doesn't end there, actually. There is actually a shocking past life connection to the very person that I trusted to heal me from this fear. Really? And really. So the intrigue does build. But in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear, anger, betrayal, but I didn't. What I felt was love. Mm. Um, what I felt was the immense love perfection and beauty of the universe. And that's where the title perfect came from. Wow. And you experienced that, I think you were in a church service when you experienced that? So this journey first started when I was sitting in church on Good Friday and um, just an overwhelming sense of love just encompassed me and told me it was my turn to step forward and serve. So that was only just one of very, uh, one of wow. many 
mystical experiences. Yeah. I remember one time I went through this, and I'm, you're going to be self-divulged here. I remember I went through this really, really painful breakup, and it was so difficult for me. And I remember, as someone who believes in God and has a very strong relationship with God, I remember I was laying on my bed. I was kind of laying where my, my knees were hanging over the, the bed, and I just had laid back. And I was, I was crying and, and experiencing all this. And that was the first time I've ever felt this, you know, we all experience God's love, the universe's love, et cetera. But I, f- I felt this presence come over me in such a profound way that I've never felt that peaceful before. And it was such of, I can't even describe it for about a good 15, 20 minutes. Cause I, I fell asleep and it, and so I, I can understand what you're talking about, this compassion, this love, this acceptance, this such divine peace. And so for me, it was peace. For you, it was compassion. But I I love hearing these types of experiences because I know when I experienced it for me, it was something that my words feel a little prosaic. In other words, I don't feel like they can really describe what what that feeling was, but it was something so out of the norm that I will never forget that. And it literally changed my life. And so after that, the the understanding of what I went through or what I put myself through made sense. And now it's become a wonderful platform of how I view my world as well. Mm-hmm. That, that's very powerful. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Well, well thank you. <laughs> so with that as well, so you experienced all this. What happened for you that says, I need to write this book. Other people need to understand this. Well, you know, for, for most of my life, um, I was born in Trinidad and moved to the U.S. when I was very young. And I always felt different. I, I didn't look like other people in my neighborhood, and this is not about race or discrimination. Um, I was born with 11 fingers, and I could sense and feel different energies, especially at mm. night. So I started to hide myself from the world. I, I started to feel that I was nothing. But what I discovered, James, was in that nothingness, I could be anything that I wanted. Oh, wow. Without the stories, without the labels, without the judgments, we could all show up as our true and authentic self. So I just felt guided that I needed to share this with people because when you look out in the world, I see so many people suffering the same way that I did. Yeah. You know, so many people listening to this right now may may not have ever experienced this before, maybe truly understand it, their, their way of life and philosophy of life may be different. How, would, how is this book relevant for every single person listening right now? I think because, well, so if anybody can answer yes to any of these questions, I think the book is relevant to mm-hmm. them. So yeah. if you've ever felt different, like you didn't belong, yeah. or if you ever felt incomplete, always searching for someone or something outside of yourself to make you feel whole, Or maybe if they were like me, they felt unworthy, always having to prove themselves over and over again. So the reason I ask your listeners this or you this is because these feelings literally plagued me for most of my life. And as I mentioned before, I learned to let them go. So for me, um, you know, the subtitle to this book is A Path to Love, Forgiveness and Transformation. So anyone who's ever had to forgive or to let go of a story or pain or contracted energy, this book is for them. Wow. You know, just even thinking about that as well, when, when we do come from a place of forgiveness, and once again, forgiveness, just to describe this from a psychological approach, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that you forgive someone that it lets a person off the hook or take, removes the responsibility of what they've done. It just simply means you are not allowing that experience to be the forefront of your mind. It can become a foundation of who you are because we are all self-made. And what happens to us, whether it was our choice or not, we have a self-responsibility to determine what we're going to do with that information. 
Is it a stumbling block or is it a stepping stone? So with forgiveness itself, it removes the power of an experience, which then allows us to do what we're going to do with it. So I love hearing this particular aspect because it wasn't necessarily your experience, but you were able to still find that forgiveness, even from a genetic standpoint, but also how does that make sense in your own life? Because now that you had more information about from where where this past trauma and this fear came from, you then had an opportunity to say, I'm going choosing forgiveness. I'm choosing love. I'm choosing a a way to let that go. And then when you do that, it becomes such a powerful story because what was once the forefront of our mind or even the foundation of our life then becomes our mission and our passion to spread that love and that, and that idea of forgiveness uh, to the world. Mm, I love what you, what you said. Um, And I do believe that you know, all emotions in our lives really fall into two categories, two large categories. Mm. One is love and one is fear. Mm. And, and for me, fear is, you know, wishing, living in the past, wishing that we could change the past or worried about the future, about what we don't want to happen. Um, but we have the choice to come from a place of love. So yeah. even if painful or unwanted things happen, we have the choice. Um, so in the late 80s, Stephen Covey wrote The Seven mm-hmm. Habits of Highly Effective yeah, People. Yeah. And, and I love his saying, he says, he says, between stimulus and response is our greatest, is our greatest choice. We mm-hmm. have the choice. So what I mean by that is between stimulus and response, there's a gap. And in that gap, we get to decide. We get to decide how we respond. Do we come from a place of fear or do we come from a place of love? Yeah. And to piggyback off that, I, I guess I use the word uh, faith interchangeably with love because we have a very similar approach. I always tell people, faith and fear, in other words, love and fear, ask us to do the same exact thing. Believe in something that may or may not be true. And I always like to think of, you know, in the 80s, you know, the, the Looney Tunes, you'd see like the little, little angel and the little, and the little devil on someone's shoulder. And it's just the same concept. You have the fear, you have the love or faith. And you, which voice do you listen to? Because whatever direction you take determines what happens. So in psychology, we teach that whatever you perceive to be true, in other words, what do you listen to? What do you focus on? That, the, that little angel or that little devil? which then determines what you feel. What you feel then physically translates into your actions or what your brain chemistry is. And so we do have a choice in every single situation. Do we focus on faith or love, um, which, which we know leads us towards a benevolent aspect, as painful as it can be, but it, le- it always leads us to a path of completion of wholeness? Or do we get lost in the fear or the anxiety or the worry, which we know historically does not nut us the direction or the the goal or the outcome we're looking for. But unfortunately, we're wired to focus on the negative. The research states that if someone will remember losing $50 more than they'll remember gaining $50 or finding $50. So unfortunately, the way we're wired is to look at deficits. And then when we can retrain ourselves to say, well, wait a minute, what is going well in my life? Let me focus on what's, what's healthy, whole, pure, noble in my life. And in that, that's where our brain chemistry starts to change. That's where you have, um, you have the, the elasticity of your brain starts to be reformed. And then your perception of life starts to change and you can live a life that was so different than you originally thought. Mm. That is so true. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and so that's why I love, I just love, I love doing my show because I get to meet amazing people like you, but everybody has a different entry point and we all have a story to, to tell and a story to listen to. And so yours was, I find it so powerful. And so obviously I'm coming from a psychological, neurological approach. You're coming from an experiential, experiential approach and how all this makes sense for you. And in that, when we merge those two things together. That is why we're going to have, we are having a fantastic show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Absolutely. What's next for you? Because this book sounds like it's transformed so many people. You know, um, 
I, I, like I mentioned before, I started in finance and I only recently stopped my finance career. And the reason I, I just feel drawn to really just share this message with so many people, because especially with everything going on today, um, there is a lot of pain out there. Sure and is. I just wanted to share the story with, with others. And I think that's fantastic. I, I, I'm so excited and happy that you're on my show and that, that your PR person reached out to me. With, do, you, do you see yourself writing more in the future? I would love to. Well, it sounds like this is a great first start, very powerful because you always, as you know, you always want to write your flagship book and then there are always derivatives or offshoots of that. So I'm looking forward to hearing what is next because it sounds like even as you've discovered all this, that's the beauty of it because the discovery today means there's so much more discovery for the rest of your life. And then is, as you've learned here with the epigenetics aspect of it, your children and their children and their children will continue to experience this as well. So you've, it sounds like you've created a legacy for your family system. And I think that's a powerful thing to be a part of. You know, um, some Native American cultures say we actually heal seven generations back and seven generations forward. So really, to- I've never heard totally, that. totally agree with you. So it definitely has an impact on my family line. Wow. And, you know, moving forward, I, 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 cause obviously I know about epigenetics when it comes to, um, when it comes to one's physicality or genes, et cetera, but I've never really thought about this as far as how it's linked with emotional trauma. I am actually going to research more about that because I find this so fascinating. So thank you for not only telling your story, sharing about your book, Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation, but also as a curious scientist like myself, it has now opened up a new study for me. So thank you so much, Judy. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank you. Well, Judy Miller, once again, no relation, but you never know. If my listeners want to find out more information about you and to purchase your phenomenal book. One more time, Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. Where would they find this information online? They can definitely find it on Amazon. It's uh, Judy with an I Miller, or they can go to Judy Miller with an I dot net. And uh, when they buy the book, they could actually get five free bonuses as well. So, Oh, wonderful. Well, my listeners also know that if they're not able to find your information any other place, simply go to the show notes at jamesmillerlifeology.com and I will link you directly with Amazon. Judy, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I truly appreciate you and your story. Oh, I've enjoyed speaking with you, James. Thank you so much. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.